0: A movie where Seth Rogen falls in love with Charlize Theron and the most unbelievable thing about it is I couldn't tell it was Andy Serkis in Caked On Makeup. That's right. Long shot. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket.
1: Wake up lonely. Out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo.
0: I love you! That's all I needed here. I'm so excited! I'm so (laughs) scared! We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and we are continuing
1: what is love?
0: with the rom-com, I think this is our second Jonathan Levine directed movie, Long Shot. We did Warm Bodies last year, but I don't have Dave Schweitzer back. I have someone just as good.
2: Hi, it's Mallory Savron. <laughs>
0: Okay, you say as you're holding a newspaper and chained to a, a chair. <laughs> you, you sound like you're kidnapped. You're like, hi, I'm fine. Please help me. They made me watch a Seth Rogen movie.
2: I didn't mind it.
0: I, I, you had like highs and lows watching it. I did. I did have highs and lows.
2: I'm not a romantic comedy person. No, I know. So it was, there were definitely moments I really liked and there were definitely moments that I had major eye rolls of just because it was just classic romantic comedy tropes that I'm just like snore.
0: <laughs> but this okay, to me this feels like the movie Parasite where it changes it shifts like genres like 16 times because it's yeah. it's I don't know that movie though. It starts as like a well, Parasite is is a drama which is nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Gotcha. But this like it starts as a political satire. Right. And then it goes into a workplace dramedy right and then an action movie right then a rom-com yeah then like slapstick and then corporate espionage and like right like it's like all over the place in the best possible way yeah so why don't you give us the blockbuster rule you're you're in the blockbuster (laughs) video what does the back of the box say um
2: uh, oh man um (laughs) a hot girl and a scruffy guy meet under unsuspecting circumstances and fall in love but also i don't know i've got nothing good for this really i don't know it's just it's it's well because like you said it jumps genres so many times that it's hard to come up with like a short synopsis but it's like a hot girl falls in love with a scruffy looking guy and and political commentary
0: the end i would say a political hopeful and enlists the uh young man she used to babysit for and then they bone
2: yeah several times
0: several times and i have to say the sex scenes are so funny yeah like their sex scene when they both say oh Oh, boy boy. (laughs) is probably the funniest thing in this well
2: this is the the, one of the things that i note that i kept noting is that because it's a common thing romantic comedies or just generally when you see characters fall in love in movies is that the girl is ridiculously hot and the guy is kind of, like, scruffy and, and not traditionally handsome or, or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's like the and, Kevin James syndrome.
2: Right, and it's like, it's is it really believable that these two people would be together? But what I thought the movie did a really good job of is really showing how uh, that that they actually do have a connection with each other, that they actually do have a lot in common, um, which made them far more believable than some other couples that I've seen on screen.
0: And Charlize uh, is so down to earth. Her character is so down to earth that it's really believable. Right. And what I like the best is the fact that, like, the... She wasn't, like, focused on... How do I say this without sounding like a dick? Like, like looks like when she's given the option of like hanging out with with Alexander Skarsgård, who is supposed to be the prime minister of Canada, which I did not believe for a second. No, because <laughs> he's super Swedish. I know. <laughs> I just like, didn't.
2: I I saw and I was like, he's supposed to be the n- no. Well, no, I don't buy him as Canadian at all.
0: I don't know this for sure, and this could all be speculation but this seems like a role that was written for Franco, for James Franco. Right. And when he stepped away from Hollywood because of stuff, I think Seth Rogen had to go to plan B. Because mm. this was written by Rogen and Evan Goldberg and a few other writers. I think Jonathan Levine, who directed this, also was one of the writers on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlize Theron produced it with the three of them. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when stuff like that happens, and I couldn't even think of anyone who would be able to replace him. Yeah, I don't know. Like for the prime minister, who would have been better than than like Alexander Skarsgård? Like I understand what you're saying.
2: He's yeah. Not- well, I mean, I think I don't buy him as Canadian cuz just his accent is I mean, he does a decent enough Americanish accent. Um I just don't buy him as I mean, his French accent. Cause it seemed like he was trying to do a French kind of French
0: Canadian, but
2: it, he just sounded Swedish. Yeah. And so it's like, I buy like the character itself, the way the character is written in terms of him being like this kind of not creepy, but very awkward politician who's clearly been, been shaped by politics. Yeah. I, um Like with the whole, um his laugh was like basically poll tested, I, which I think also was an interesting, what I, what, another thing that I really liked in this movie was a lot of the, the, political commentary which i thought was on point of how they're you know they're poll testing smiles with phoebe
0: lisa kudrow was yes yes as the right um yeah i think the only person i could think of that could do this really well is bill Hader as the the, as the canadian prime minister like okay or jason schwartzman sure yeah someone that they've worked with before yeah um i just i
2: well, I mean, I feel well. The like, I feel like the part needs to be someone because the whole idea, right, is that Charlize Theron is Theron, however her name is pronounced. Uh, she says Theron. Uh, is like because they like the optics of her with the Canadian with the Prime Minister. Yeah. Um. So it would have to be someone who's pretty suave i think because that was kind of they like the optics of that of her being with
0: then you got to go with one of the marvel boys hemsworth yeah uh evans any of the chris's pratt would have been good
2: i think chris pratt would be really good yeah uh i think that would fit well because you want someone who's handsome and good looking and suave but who can also act kind of weird yeah because that was the whole that was his whole shtick was that he was acting weird like he has got this really awkward laugh that they said that Haley's
0: Haley's saying something in the corner who Oh,
2: Ryan Reynolds, Canadian. and he's can- oh yeah. Re- mm-hmm. I feel like Ryan Reynolds is too pretty, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. He's yeah. Canadian.
2: Gosling would be perfect.
0: Gosling would have been good. Gosling would be perfect. So yeah, the the basic premise is that Seth Rogen is this village voice type of journalist. He works for this Brooklyn newspaper, and at the same time, Charlize Theron. Uh, is the Secretary of State and the President, who is a TV actor played by Bob Odenkirk, which I just
2: fucking love him in this. He's yeah, great. he's he's. I mean, he's Bob Odenkirk in this movie,
0: but is, it's great. Is not going to run for president and is going to endorse her, but she needs a uh, speechwriter to basically make her funnier,
2: right? Because her her after all the poll testing, her funny scores are the lowest yeah. of of how she's testing
0: yeah she's at an 82 right out of 100 right which is still pretty good yeah i mean it's still pretty, pretty but good yeah he, but seth rogan his character fred flarsky i don't know how they did it but they found a kid who looked and sounded exactly like a young seth rogan
2: well they did this well um the the 16 year old that played a young Charlize, yeah i think they're i think what they did was they recorded their voice the adult voices and did something to them to make them sound younger. Cause it I, sounded I, like her exact voice. And I think they did the same thing for him. I
0: don't think so. I think they just listened to them over and over again because on a show that you and I both love the good place. Yeah. There is an episode called Janet's where, yep. Where Darcy Carden has to play every single person. And I guess she went crazy. Like she, she's not insane. Darcy is lovely. I hear, but she had to listen over and over to the repetition and how they say things and she was driving one day and stuff was blasting out of her radio and she ran into the guy who plays Chidi. yeah. and he rolls down the window like, what are you listening to? And it's his voice talking and he goes, oh, you're going insane. That's hilarious. So I think sh- these kids had to listen to. I, don't,
2: I guess I like I get that. But also it was literally the tone, the actual tone and like timber of their voices that sounded like the adult actors. It's
0: called acting Mallory. <laughs>
2: There's a like it just didn't sound like they were doing an impression or anything. It sounded like the adult actors recorded voices and then they they edited it.
0: That I think that that would be going too far. Also, his laugh didn't sound like like Seth Rogen laugh. Like it sounded like Seth Rogen laugh, but like it sounded like a kid doing Seth Rogen laugh. Yeah. So I I don't know. There was something about it. Well, that, who
2: knows? We'll leave it. It it's movie mystery of but, how they did it so well.
0: But you're here because. This is an example, and I wasn't going to have Haley on for this one, of what is the one thing that I always say, who did I always have a crush on growing up? Who? Jenny Lewis. My babysitter.
2: Oh, yes, your babysitter. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to think of someone specific. Yes, your babysitter. Yeah. Yes. And here here we have- An example. A, of a kid who's got a crush on his babysitter, and then they it's grow up not and they end up weird, together.
0: people. <laughs> It's not weird. Well,
2: it's, I mean, I don't want to skip right to the end, but uh, it is cute how it comes back full circle at the end Yeah, when they're admitting their feelings for each other. Yeah,
0: I mean, on the podcast we skip around, but that's, that's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie is she goes, this is the scariest thing I've ever done and I've ridden in an elevator with, with Saddam, Saddam Hussein. Hussain. It's so
2: good. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, alone in an elevator.
0: Just me and him. <laughs>
2: And then, you know, she says, I love you. And then he's like, I've loved you since I was 12 years old. It's very like,
0: oh, like everything about this movie. The the thing that actually makes me go ah and gives me chills is when when she's having like the bad day and she's like, I want to do Molly. Yeah. But but when they're high on Molly and they're making out and the music's playing like they're they're in Paris in like the skyline is going by really fast and it just pulls out and do you know what I'm talking about? The night shot of them in front of the club No, I don't feel a fucking thing Ooh. Jesus Whoa. Whoa oh is right Fuck fa- No My jaw feels really weird Yeah, that's the drugs Drugs love a jaw I want more No, 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 no maybe like
2: an hour. Oh, we should do it now. I think I'm getting the different shots confused.
0: Well, but the music starts playing like the the uh, dance music is playing and mm-hmm. they're making out. That scene right there just gets me.
2: You know, the one that really got to me was if I got to me, I mean, it was one of those like, oh, a good moment was when they're at the, it's one of the fancy parties and she had just done this big dance with alexander skarsgård yeah and then they then he does the whole thing with the napkin where he writes this like really juvenile note on the napkin that she reads and it's really cute and then they go I have over, a crush on you right that yeah. yeah and then they go off into the closet and he play and he plays Must've been
0: loved by Roxette, right?
2: And they're da- and they're dancing, and it just seemed like it was a very sweet. And they go into this closet where they have their own private kind of moment together.
0: It's a dope song. It's a really fucking. Good song. Maybe the best song ever written. Yeah. But it's You on on the the pillow
2: pillow the and it was a very sweet sort of like intimate, private moment that was kind of, it was a cute scene. Can
0: I blow your mind? Do you sure. know what this movie is? What? Because Must Have Been Love was the theme song to Pretty Woman. This movie is Pretty Woman. Oh. Isn't it?
2: And uh, what's his face is uh, Julia Roberts. Yeah,
0: Seth Rogen's Julia Roberts. Yeah, but I would have killed for a <laughs> <laughs> when when he the, the yeah. necklace. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> um, uh, it's, well, there was a I I found that a lot with this one is was very much of a it was a, a lot of reversal of roles. I mean, you have that at the end when you know she's president and he's the
0: the first, first Mister. Yeah, the first Mister. The first gentleman.
2: Isn't it first husband really?
0: It, first, so it's the First, first Lady gen- and the First, first gentleman. gentleman. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: his portrait's also hilarious.
0: The Which Todd just... McFarlane designed.
2: Yeah. Which so funny. It's
0: such a deep cut because, yeah, Todd McFarlane created Spawn, but he's also the one who is responsible for bringing back the Green Hornet into comic book form. Oh, interesting. And Seth Rogen played the Green Hornet. Oh. Deep cut. Yeah. Really, Did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. It's crazy. Yeah. Also... um the movie oh yeah that was another thing another genre that the movie the movie starts out at a at a alt an alt-right white supremacist oh my god yeah
2: yeah so let's start with the beginning like i literally this starts off and i'm like this is so this is a horror movie (laughs) because he's literally because they're basically saying you know Yeah. Terrible, terrible things, which I will not repeat.
0: About our people.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That I will not say out loud. I I
0: will say that the funniest name for arian grande
2: (laughs) oh my god it was arian grande yeah that was really really funny i also like how they're all doing this salute
0: and And seth rogan he's like
2: just doing this awkward wave because he will not do the salute yeah he's doing the little dooty doot -doot. yep it was very funny he was like trying not to seem like an outcast but then also like yeah (laughs) like i won't actually do that and then of course they're going to tattoo him yes uh, (laughs) and i was just i was like Please don't tell me they finished this tattoo on him. I was sitting there really terrified that that's what was going to happen, that they were actually going to, that somehow something was going to happen where that he was going to have this swastika tattoo on his arm. Yeah, but it's just
0: the the bottom half.
2: Right, which he then turns into an adorable little tattoo. Named? I already forget.
0: Adolf Stickler. Oh, yes,
2: which is absolutely amazing. Adolf Stickler. It's very, very good. There
0: are actually a ton of Nazi jokes in this movie.
2: They're and they're good ones. And I mean, they're, they're hysterical. Yes, they are very good.
0: Like when they're in Argentina, what he says something to the effect of like, yeah, apparently, uh, what was it? All the people who persecuted my grandparents are somewhere in this yep. room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in on that note, it says yep, I, I, I have found cr- Hitler. I think I found it. <laughs>
2: and then they then the camera pans to a guy
0: who looks like Hitler.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's very good. It's very good.
0: Uh, Seth Rogen is a genius. Yeah. I love Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, The the funniest thing is, originally, Charlize Theron was one of the top choices for Knocked Up, but she couldn't do it. Hmm. Um, and if she had done Knocked Up and then did this, it would have been like a Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Like, I feel like these two could be like a Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan,
2: I you know I believe it, and that was the thing is that I feel like a lot of times when you see certain romantic comedies and you see certain pairings, you're like, okay, I get why they put them together, but I don't necessarily buy it or whatever. And I think they did a good job of partly their character and also partly their chemistry together as actors is that they've got a, they seem like they have a good rapport together, yeah, and it the, seems like a like it it actually does make sense.
0: And they were hanging out, I guess. Him and his wife and Charlize Theron like hung out all the time. Really? Like, I guess Charlize Theron is just really cool to hang out with. And I was like, why? Because the one thing she always comments on is she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't date. I'm single. Um, you know, I just haven't found the person. And I was like, why? Charlize Theron's like so cool. Everyone says how cool she is. I think it's because of something she said in this movie. Men don't like powerful women.
2: Yeah. Nope.
0: And she is like one of the most powerful women in Hollywood. Yeah. She's nominated for an Oscar for Bombshell. Really? But, but I kind of would have loved to see her get nominated for even a Golden Globe or an Oscar for this because she's so good in this.
2: This is very good. Her, her, she's, I don't think I've seen a lot of her doing a lot of comedy. And, I think
0: the only two she's done besides this is The Thing You Do, which I haven't seen. And uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West.
2: Which I have also not seen. So this is really the only comedy I've ever seen her do. And she, she's
0: very good. She's so funny.
2: Uh, When she's high on Molly, I think I was sitting here like half covering my face and just like I could like it was such good. There's certain cringe comedy that I can't watch. And this was like really good cringe comedy because I'm just watching it like what is going to happen because she's high as a kite. And like they must have done something to her eyes to make them look like that.
0: It had to be contacts.
2: Or something. It was so funny. Um, where she has to negotiate a hostage situation and she is high as shit oh. and it's hilarious Yeah, I and mean, she's got the confetti in her hair and it's just it's all so awkward and like you just don't know it's like is this gonna be the end of the country
0: or like the proof <laughs> of like what an amazing actress she is is the scene in the nightclub right before when he's like I really like you and she's like I really like you, and like, really like you too and then Steven who I've, I already talked about Steven, Agent M. Yeah. Who's one of my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah. He comes in and he whispers in her ear, watching her face just yeah. turn. What a fucking great actress yeah. she is. Secretary, listen to me. Dance with me, Steven. Dance.
1: We have a situation. Huh? Hey. Yo. How much longer is this Molly stuff going to last? We just re-upped. You kept saying you want to take more, so we did. So we have another
0: maybe four or five hours. Yeah. Why? I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? I'm going to be in so much trouble. What's happened? Yeah. Like, she's like, I am in so much trouble.
2: Yeah. It was just a very it was and then like she's just trying it like you can see this struggle like of her trying to in the moment kind of sober up except she can't because she just re-upped her molly.
0: Yeah. And
2: it's like and you and you kind of see that of her like trying to play it cool of and the whole scene of her in the negotiation of like her trying and kind of trying to play cool. But it's the same thing with like, you know, when you're when you're drunk or whatever and you're trying to be I'm like, not I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk at all. I feel fine. I'm totally sober. And you're. Not at all, and I feel like she did a really, really good job of making that very believable.
0: And I love when when she clearly is trying to say that she has conjunctivitis or some sort of. And she eye says effect.
2: alopecia. I have
0: alopecia, in both, both eyes. eyes, but but like us, the audience, we're like, we know you mean conjunctivitis. Yeah,
2: and it's like alopecia is not. That's not. That's
0: nope. <laughs> you either have glaucoma or al- or uh, or conjunctivitis, but her smoking that cigarette and oh my god and the phone
2: call with the guy when she's just l- hey com- let's just be
0: cool let's just yeah can also can i be
2: real with you yeah the president's a fucking asshole Is i mean it? he's really not even that good of an actor i mean he wants to make the move from tv to movies and then they like have then then her and i don't know what other country they were talking to uh
0: i thought that's america or something oh
2: i don't know um but whoever the leader of whatever country it was that they were looking at uh, talking to um Uh, they have this moment of like agreeing that the president is a moron who's can't make the jump to movies. It was just a very, you know, it was very amusing. And I love the fact also that she, um, uh, she ends up doing a television interview in Paris uh, in the morning and she's still high. She's still got her sunglasses on and still has the confetti in her hair. Yep. And it's just, it's a very, and then the, the reporter's trying to get the mic out of her hand.
0: Just everything about this movie. I also love um, what a, a chip on his shoulder Seth Rogen has. Yeah. like Because what leads him to being her uh, writer is that Andy, company, cause Andy Serkis' company, because Andy Circus is supposed to be like this uh, Rupert Murdoch, Steve Bannon type. Like, he has Wembley Media, which is supposed to be like Fox News. Yeah. But he looks like Steve Bannon bannon yeah (laughs) um and he buys rogan's newspaper and rogan quits right away without any backup plan and like throughout the movie you see what a chip on his shoulder he has as it starts to like dissolve
2: well again that's what i one of the things i really liked about this movie aside from the fact that it's subverting a lot of traditional romantic comedy things though there was plenty in it for me to roll my eyes at um it did a lot of the i thought the political commentary was really good particularly when um you get to the point where uh seth rogan's bitching about how um charlize is like she talks to democrats and republicans and his um his one black friend is like (laughs) oh shea jackson jr yeah uh Ice Cube Jr. Yeah. Uh, he's um, he's like, uh, yeah, because that's the country. And they're going back and forth. And then it turns out that he's a Republican. Yeah. And Seth Rogen loses his shit over that.
0: And he's a diehard Christian, too. Right.
2: And it's like, I thought it was a really good good moment of recogn- of just a good commentary on it. And it's like, you know, because Seth Rogen's saying, well, the, your belief, the beliefs are wrong for the other side or whatever else. And it's just that, you know, that's not a good way to kind of approach your thinking and so he's really calling him out on like you want to see the world this way except you're dismissing the rest of it
0: going back to what you said about like like gender role swaps yeah like I love how O'Shea Jackson Jr. is like the the Joan Cusack the Rosie O'Donnell like like gal pal best friend yeah and I love that June Diane Raphael is like the James Spader her her chief of staff okay um that's June Diane Raphael from the Head of This Get May podcast. I've seen on,
2: I've seen her a bunch of stuff. I just yeah, don't know her she, name.
0: Um, but June is like the James Spader, like the like like it's not going to work. You guys are stupid. Yeah. Like, but I respect you. Like, she's probably one of my favorite characters.
2: I love her a lot, and she, she's perfect in the role that she's in.
0: Because <laughs> like like they're like oh yeah she's just the naysayer no she wants Shirley Theron to be happy yeah and. She's not going to judge her who she picks, but at the same time, Fred's an idiot.
2: Yeah. Well, I think also, like, you could take it as her going up to Fred and being like, This isn't going to work. She's, your heart's going to, like, and then everyone's hearts are going to be broken because sh- this is what she wants for her life and this is where her career is going and you don't fit into that plan. And you could take that as her being a bitch, but at the same time, it's like she's actually kind of doing him a favor in a way and being like, this is the reality of the situation that you're in. Like she's on the way to the presidency and this is how she's seeing how it's going to go. And it's like, you know, FYI, you're probably not going to fit into that. And she's probably going to leave you on the side and then you're going to be massively disappointed. And
0: yeah. Cause, cause she's like, well, your heart's going to get broken and that could be fun, but <laughs> right. Right. But, but, uh, Charlotte's heart will get broken and that's not good.
2: Right. She clearly, um, very much cares about, um, the person that she's working for which right. is which is good because it can it, that kind of thing can go a lot of ways and i think again i think this movie does a good job of making most of the characters seem like actual people
0: well, so um most most not all mo- most. well i want to talk about the the wembley media news morning news show oh my god okay so the guy the main anchor the uh the bald guy yeah is paul Shear. he is married to june the her her chief of staff. Okay. In real life, they're married in real life. Oh, really? So it's so funny because they're two of the nicest people in the world to see them play different spectrums of like yeah. power.
2: Yeah, cuz he's also playing a misogynistic creepo.
0: Yeah. And apparently he's like the sweetest, gentlest person in the That's world. That's really funny. So it's hysterical. That is really funny. Um and on top of that, in the scenes uh the way the movie ends like the last thing you see before uh fred shows up flarsky shows up is his co-anchor getting hit in the head with the the, the coffee mug
2: yeah because the the female anchor quit because
0: yeah. like she has like the megan kelly moment of like no what screw this i'm i'm quitting well
2: yeah because they because the two guys are standing there talking about how Huh, do we really want the nukes to be in the hand of a woman what if she's on her period? Which is just like it's so That's
0: such like a 70s like trope. I mean,
2: you know what's what's nauseating is that I've I've Oh, absolutely. I've not heard that in not recent times, which is just like Yeah, which is just kind of funny like well I get like a lot of this is this movie is exaggerated. It's also like oh, it's so is uncomfortable it, watching though? some of it. Yeah, but it's like that's what I mean. It's
0: like you're watching
2: some of it and like this is fiction, but also is
0: no, it not. I mean as a as a rom com, it's so good.
2: It's a really it's a really good rom com. I think um We haven't
0: had a good rom com in forever.
2: Uh no. I also again I don't usually really like them because um I find you're fi- dead on the inside. Well there's that and also because one, I find them a lot of times boring. Two, I find that the characters in it, particularly the female characters. Are empty shells of people and the guys are usually creepy jerks somehow and like and again i think part of you know the the gender reversal here not only serves the story but it serves it for a romantic comedy that it's just that it that it's two people that at their core have a lot in common um and that the differences um between the two that cause the conflict aren't unnecessarily manufactured to create a somewhat interesting plot like they you know because the movie has this political kind of satirishness and commentary to it that the conflict comes from these two very different people that have a lot in common in an environment that doesn't necessarily serve a romantic relationship because you find i find with a lot of romantic comedies a lot of times it's it's almost always a communication problem right. that ends up breaking the couple up, and and that's the that's the conflict that they have to overcome, or it's a misunderstanding or whatever.
0: Well, I like that they get that out of the way in the first thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah, like when they're at the in Stockholm, they're at that that the underdog speech summit, and he's pissed off that like you've turned your back on your entire thing. You said that you were going to protect the seas, the trees, and the bees, and, right? And and then she's like, this is how I have to play the game. I am a woman in politics, and I need to choose my battles. Yeah. I also love that that was an under, like...
2: An undercurrent a lot, which happened of pointing out how different things are of uh, for her being a female political candidate and
0: a female secretary of state. At one point, he's like, why? Because you're a woman? He goes, yes, motherfucker. And he's like, oh, yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes, which
2: I just thought was, was really good. And again, that's like it, that's a conflict that makes sense, but it's you could see that in other romantic comedies that that type of conflict would end up at the climax of the movie of um, them having different idealistic opinions and them not being able to work together. And then the one of the characters then decides to compromise their values some way or something to then make it up to the other person. And that did happen kind of not compromise, but more um like you said that at that summit, that's when that type of conflict got resolved. resolved and it's like, yeah. we all need to understand the situation here. And it's like, and if you don't like it, you can leave. And it's, you know, um, and then you see their relationship. Then you see them get to know each other over time. And
0: I, I love also how she's like, if you do that again, I'm gonna throw you and get my.
2: Yeah, when it's just you know,
0: she probably could. Yeah. So. And <laughs> with 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 Fred, their love story is like so sweet. But the one thing I will say is, he was 13 years old having a babysitter.
2: Yeah, that's weird.
0: There's something not right about him. Then I no. think they're trying to make it seem like. Less creepy that that you know there there's an age difference between them. Right. But still, if he was like if she was 16 and he was 12 or or 11. No, 12 still a little too old. 10 or 11. If it was yeah.
2: I mean, I was babysitting at 12 and 13 right so it's a little strange that she be babysitting but it was like you know they I, I wonder if they could have I think they could have maybe phrased it differently because they were because they were neighbors right right so why couldn't it have been that it wasn't so much that she was babysitting for him but just that you know Neighbors hanging out because parents weren't around, but not like in a or,
0: like he clearly was a latchkey kid, right? So if they just focused on that and and took the babysitter equation out of it, yeah,
2: because the baby because I remember because when they said that she's sixteen and he's thirteen, I'm like babysitter. I'm like, are his parents really concerned that he's really really destructive? Yeah, <laughs> when he's at home, like, is he just like a complete disaster that destroys like things?
0: In, is this like adventures in babysitting where like Keith Keith Coogan? <laughs> is, like, 16 years old and he needs a 20-year-old babysitter. Right. <laughs> like,
2: and that's the thing, because it's, like, if he was, like, 10 or 11 and she was 16, the whole babysitter story of him, like, kissing her and then him, you know, getting a boner would be very strange. Yes. And
0: gross. So, and, like, they they should have just said, we were neighbors. Yeah. I was a latchkey kid. If it was
2: just, yeah, if it was just that, if it was just neighbors and that, like either she'd go over his house or he'd go over her house after school or something. Yeah. Or something to make that make a little bit more sense. Cause the babysitting thing was a little.
0: Cause he was strange. too old.
2: Yeah. It's just strange for him to be a 13 year old that needs a babysitter.
0: But I do appreciate a good blossom joke.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But the guy going,
2: Whoa. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ah, oh, blossom. What a show. What a
0: show. <laughs> Wonderful show. Yeah. Uh, bring back blossom.
2: <laughs> yeah. Seriously.
0: Uh, so I I loved that they showed how hard it is to be a politician. Yeah. And how it's very lonely. Yep. So him coming in and showing her movies, to be fair, when Haley and I started dating, she had never seen movies or TV shows or anything. I I mean, I've, I saw movies, maybe not as much as you did. <laughs> I will rephrase that. You you told me that you've watched more movies in the mo- first month of us dating than you had in your entire life. That is absolutely one hundred percent true. <laughs> it's actually accurate. But that's my point: is that in the relationship, you see like what a real relationship is. He's showing her stuff that she had missed out on. Right,
2: and they're also, I mean, the them building their relationship really starts with him being like, "I'm your speechwriter. I need to get to know you," so. So it starts out very, it starts out, I don't want to use the term professional, but it starts out with the idea that he's like, I need to get to know you. I've created a list of questions to ask you to really get he to know you. He just
0: wants to spend time with her. Well,
2: yeah, but but I mean, it also makes sense as a speechwriter. You're going to be writing a speech for someone else. It's important to get to know their voice.
0: When I, when I wanted to start dating Haley, I said, I heard you wanted to learn how to edit. And then I use that as an excuse to spend time. with okay. her.
2: My point is, is that it, it, it made sense that it's not like one of these where it's like they meet and then they have a crush and they immediately like each other and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. there was a, there was a firm building of a relationship where they were both actually really getting to know each other. And it was, you know, at first like, okay, even if it was an excuse for him to hang out with her, you know, he was genuinely getting to know her and then she's getting to know him. And then they start sharing things together. And it just was, it was very, very believable that they were building uh, a genuine relationship.
0: Them watching Captain America: Winter Soldier in Russian. Oh my
2: god! And then she flips out. When oh no, not the pirate
0: guy! <laughs> I love him, Nick Fury. <laughs> um, but yeah, his impression of Nick Fury of Sam Jackson in Russian is not different than sam jackson he's like the guy who plays sam jackson in in, in russian is really good Yes, yeah. Vidanya motherfuckers. motherfuckers yeah <laughs> like, very good everything about their relationship is so sweet and so lovely. it
2: is very sweet yeah
0: and very innocent too yeah i also i love that what gets them together is a awful like terrorist situation yeah (laughs) like a civil war what was it uh a civil war in the philippines broke something like
2: that i don't know i also i mean it's also she like fireman carries this big dude and he's like holding this woman because they rescue these two people pretty much and she fireman carries a security guard and he's like holding this woman by her arm and her ankle and (laughs) carrying her which i'm just like So weird. It's
0: such a weird choice, but I'm glad he did it.
2: Yeah. It also seems like something that, I mean, you're in a, you're suddenly bombs are going off and you're flipping out and you're panicking and like, but also you're trying to save this person and you just grab her however you can and start running, which is just kind of made sense.
0: And another example of like a great relationship is that they show when you're stressed out, that person you care about calming you down. Yeah. Yep. And he teaches her, or she teaches him, uh, the Navy seal, the Navy seal four seconds in four seconds out. Yeah. And like, that's just another great example. And then that leads to their first kiss. Yeah. And then Steven walks in. Yes. I love Steven. Yes.
2: Who's just got, he's got these great side glances of just like, I know what's up. Yeah. I'll
0: keep my mouth shut. It's all good. Well, after they have sex for the first time and like he goes outside, uh, Seth Rogan goes outside and he's just walking in the sand and in the water like I just had sex with Charlize Theron, yeah, <laughs> like her, well Charlotte. Um, and Stephen's like, "Good morning, Mr. Florsky," <laughs> and like he's like, "Don't tell anyone, okay?" He's like, "No one would believe me." Like, yeah, just a looky- which is true, probably. But then he says, "I'm rooting for you," which is pretty sweet. I was like, Stephen, it's pretty sweet. Awesome. I love when we're watching it. You're like. How would you know that his name is Steven? And then in the nightclub st- scene, she goes, Steven! Steven,
2: come dance with me.
0: <laughs> that guy is him and him and uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. are like my two favorite characters. Yeah, very good. In, in the scene with um, when they introduce O'Shea Jackson Jr. as his best friend, I, f- I forget what his friend's name is. I have no idea. I totally forgot what it was. But when he's like, no, what? Everyone has the day off. Except for you, Todd. You steal the bagels. Everyone knows Bagel Friday is for everybody. <laughs> and then when they're, in, when they're in the convenience store, and he's like, oh, hello, Maggie from Charlotte Fields' office, and he just takes the candy and he and throws, throws it, it in, the in the air. air. So uh, good. They need to cast him in more stuff.
2: This is the first thing I've seen him in.
0: You didn't see Straight out of Compton? No. Oh, he's so good. I've heard. It's weird because he's playing his dad. I know. But... He was also in this movie called Ingrid Goes West* with uh, Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. and he was in uh, Go- *Godzilla: King of the Monsters*. Okay,
2: I mean, I like—I've—I I've wanted to see *Straight Outta Compton*, I just haven't. He's so managed good, to do it. It. but he seems like a—he seems like a good actor. So,
0: like, everyone in that movie is great, but he is—he's the one that you know is going to be the most famous. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with his dad being famous. Like, this guy is just so talented. Yeah. Even even his dad said, like, I made him audition for Straight Outta Compton, and he got it. Yeah. Because they weren't going to, like, cop out and be like, oh, well, Ice Cube's son is playing Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. No, he had to audition. Yeah. And he is fantastic.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he seems like he's got something.
0: I love when he's pointing at the FaceTime, and he's like, you are worthy of love.
2: I'm like, (laughs) I'm like... And then also then when Seth Rogan is later she's wa- he's watching Sh- um Charlize and Alexander Skarsgard dancing and he's sitting there muttering under his breath I am worthy of love. What are I you am doing? I'm worthy
0: of love. What are you saying? Nothing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which is also just very sweet. I also so going back to the whole um uh uh the he's a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, cuz he finds out that all of these platitudes that are about like
0: Picking himself up from his boots, right, and he
2: finds out that one uh, that he's like, "That's a Republican idea," and that, or it's like, "That's because from you being a Christian," and then he's st- and then he starts praying, and then he's like, "Why do you think I've been wearing this cross all the time?" And he's like,
0: "Culturally, that may be the thing," but
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was just like so. It was so awkward, and then it's I mean, like that is r- so racist.
0: Also, I love when when he is clapping and starting the chant, and he just goes, "I started the chant." <laughs> <laughs> He's just so good. Like everyone in this movie is at the top of their game. Yeah, especially Andy Circus. Oh yeah. It's, so originally, when they casted him, when they casted Andy Circus, Jonathan Levine, the director, and Seth Rogen were like, oh, "We didn't think that we could get Charlize, and we didn't think we could get Andy Circus." Then Andy Circus comes in and he's like yeah i have all of these ideas for the makeup uh like what were your ideas and they were like we just thought you were gonna look like you but if you want to do makeup you do whatever you want you're yeah. andy circus yeah and that nose in the hair
2: that was all his idea
0: yeah nice andy circus is just such an unsung he's, he's a chameleon and in this you're supposed to hate him every time he shows up but kind of don't though you don't and that's what's kind of upsetting
2: yeah because he's like he's not you know he's a creep and he's terrible and he also then blackmails uh charlotte yeah um but he's also kind of hilarious which you know he's not just a foil
0: yeah we should talk about the blackmail because When she crosses the line at Paris, because she's high on Molly, Mm -hmm. she says that the president supports her initiative.
2: Right, undercutting him and kind of stabbing him in the back for that.
0: But then they have this meeting with the president and uh, Wembley, who is Andy Serkis, and they're like, yeah, if you don't go along with what we say, then we release this tape. And it's supposed to be a sex tape of Seth Rogen, but it's him whacking off to her speech which is disgusting but it's also really sweet yeah like it's not like he's like watching porn right it's he's in love with her so much that that he's just whacking off to his speech yeah that he wrote which is kind of narcissistic right but it is still really (laughs) sweet
2: yes it is sweet and Um, she
0: even thinks it's sweet
2: yeah and then she, w- at first, and also, I mean, she originally, um, well, then she went to go talk to Seth Rogen to be like, to try to figure out how to fix it or whatever, because she didn't want the video to come out. Well, I guess the real motivation was that she didn't want it to hurt her, her campaign. campaign, which was what ended up, you know, which I thought, you know, so that's hurtful to Seth Rogen, but it also made a lot of sense. Oh, yeah.
0: Also, you said that there is no way that she would have got el- elected after everything I him.
2: don't I don't think so. I think I think she'd be the type of candidate that would have a really big cult following. Um but I don't think at least in the time frame that this movie is set, I don't think in the in the in the world of the movie, sure, but in reality no. I wouldn't I I had a hard time believing that she would actually be elected as a president.
0: I I don't this day and age, I don't see anything but possibilities anymore. <laughs> Everything's possible. Well, true.
2: Now. When things get so low, this only, the only way to go is up. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> also, I love how the reason why Odenkirk is not running for president again is because he wants to make the transition from being a TV actor to being president to going into the movies. Right. And I love the ongoing joke is, oh, wow, only like... Clooney and Woody Harrelson have made that transition. The funniest thing is that Seth Rogen himself had made that transition because yeah. he was on Freaks and Geek and Undeclared and then he became a movie star. Yeah,
2: I also love the Jennifer Aniston joke of like Jennifer Aniston. Uh, did she though? Did she, did she, though? she make that joke? Well she's been in a ton of movies. Just because she's been in a ton of movies doesn't make her a movie star.
0: Excuse me? <laughs> I I love June kept going. Excuse me? Like <laughs> I I love when someone does that in a movie. You knew what they were saying.
2: Yeah. I also like the fact that when they're making that joke of the jump from TV to movies, the fact that he's the president doesn't come into factor. It's not just that he's making the jump from TV to president to movies. It's the fact that he's trying to make the jump from TV to movies. Yeah. And it has nothing to do... His presidential... uh, His time in office has literally nothing to do with it.
0: Also, it's going to be impossible for him to do that. Because no studio is gonna hire a guy who has secret service yeah the security alone
2: would be a nightmare yeah
0: because you get secret service for life yeah it's not like you have two guys i've met jimmy carter before when i was at the daily show and he had at least six secret service yeah with him there were two by his side at all times and then four securing the perimeter everywhere no you can't
2: yeah it's like usually for, mo- I would say for most presidents, it's like, okay, you become the president and that's kind of your last sort of and normalish
0: job. Yeah, because then don't you get like $100,000 a year for the rest of your life or something like that? I don't like, know. Or 400000 You get like a ton of money for the rest of your life.
2: As a salary from the government? Yeah. I don't think so. I think you do. Well, whatever. We don't need to debate this, <laughs> but um but usually, like most presidents, I mean, they end up spending their time, you know, making speeches and whatever. Because it's very difficult for them. What are they supposed to do with their time? I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, they paint,
0: and, <laughs> <laughs> and they build houses for the homeless. You know,
2: but I but that's what I mean. It's like you know, it's it's unrealistic to think that they could go to a normalish. Not that being an actor in a movie is a quote unquote normalish job. Yeah, but um. Yeah, because you're not a normal citizen anymore once you become the president.
0: Oh no! So no, you're like persona non grata. Yeah. <laughs> like, so,
2: so the two most unrealistic things is that the president would then go on to have a movie career, right? And that uh, the main character would become elected president,
0: and that that they would get married so fast because honestly, yeah. everything he clearly announced, if it's supposed to be a 2020 run right the movie takes place in like 2018 like the beginning of 2018 right then for like a year and a half they're bonding and doing all this
2: well i mean i think it's gonna start earlier than that because she would have been announcing her candidacy at i would think like a year ahead of time so by the time she's announced her candidacy at that rally where she's resigning as um secretary of state that would have been the start of 2019 i would think
0: no or would, before it, October 2019, you do it like halfway through when the election is. You do it a year before the election, so like she would be doing. Okay, it, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, so so basically they've been together a year and a half. So so Fred and and Charlotte's romance isn't like just overnight. This has been building for, yeah. and that's what I like. That time is is you know not non-linear. It's like yeah, but. I also will say that they did need to go into more detail about the two aides, the chief of her chief of staff and her assistant chief of staff. I wanted more of their backstory,
2: yeah, the fact that they were hooking up, though I mean part of it is like it kind of makes sense considering you're in close quarters all the time and you don't really have the opportunity to meet other people, so it's like, well, I guess I'll hook up with you now,
0: yeah, but I love how. They hint at it in the beginning because...
2: Oh, they did? Did I miss that?
0: It was the whole, uh, Fred, what's your favorite sexual position? He's like, "Uh, uh, uh, normal. And then uh, Tom, the guy Tom goes, what's yours? And she goes, it's really complicated.
2: Yeah. Too complicated to explain or something like that. Which is very funny.
0: And But that scene when he catches them for the first time and he's like freaking out yeah i love how they're like how long has it been going on for and he's like 20 minutes <laughs>
2: <laughs> not like right now like you know
0: oh two and a half times three and a half times? i don't know how
2: you're counting that up but uh you know
0: <laughs> five for me two and a half for her <laughs> like <laughs> it's like how does that work like i don't understand how you're doing the math on that were they like making out and t-
2: who knows who knows who knows
0: <laughs> But everything about this movie is just so much fun.
2: It's it's very funny. I think the hardest I laughed during the movie was when Seth Rogen falls down the stairs and goes sliding.
0: Oh yeah, with Boys to Men. Yes, I love that Boys to Men is in this movie. Yeah, and I love that she is more excited about meeting Boys to Men than meeting the Dalai Lama. Yeah, and like like it shows like. How of her time she is. She's more excited to spend time with boys to men. She's more happy to spend time with Fred than perform with Bruce Springsteen.
1: Right.
2: Like it's just it shows that she's like an actual normal person. Right. Um. And I also think I also like that it shows the difference of like the again with the political tom- commentary. It shows the difference of the uh, the appearance that politicians put forth into the world based on what people are hoping or expecting to see or want from you versus who you really are. Like a perfect example of that is the fact that she's not seen as graceful eating food off of skewers. And the only thing to eat really is stuff off of skewers. And she has right. to sneak down under the table basically to try to eat a few bites of chicken off. Of and skewer. then she spits it out. Right. Because she now needs to talk to Alexander Skarsgård.
0: Um, Yeah just every everything about it is great um i will say that when he falls down the stairs in boys to men actually everything boys to men do, does in this movie is is amazing like how their their song is narrating his his nostalgic backstory yeah. of being in love with her yeah and i will say it does show how down to earth she is when she notices him
2: yeah, they don't uh, establish that after she's met him or make it or because, um, again, I find this is a trope in other romantic comedies. They don't bring that side out of her once she's now been with him. Like this has always been who she is. Yeah. And and uh, we see those glimpses before we see them together.
0: Yeah. Which is awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Everything about it is great. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about?
2: I don't know. This
0: one was actually a short one. (laughs)
2: It was a short one. I mean, it's, you know, there was nothing that got me wrong. I think the one thing that I was rolling my eyes at was when um, uh, the whole minibar thing.
0: Oh, okay, Yeah. When he's
2: asking her to.
0: That's an example of toxic masculinity. Yeah.
2: Which are just like so gross when he's like because obviously i mean like does he not understand that they're just pandering to the cameras because she knows that that's what she's doing right um and it seems like maybe he doesn't realize that she's only with him because it looks
0: good and creates a good buzz which it doesn't make sense because he clearly was talking about how his political people had to change his image and his laugh exactly so how doesn't he get that (laughs) so
2: instead he's then slurping oysters and making a joke about like hey do you want to come with me to get a drink later at this bar called mini bar that has a key and if you take alcohol out of it you get charged for it like it was this whole which was very awkward and it's like okay you're asking her back to your room but you just had a conversation like you're literally sitting there having dinner basically in front of cameras yeah, pretty much. And you're also because they pull about, out
0: out of the restaurant and you see all of these reporters. Right.
2: And you're basically sitting at dinner talking about how your laugh was changed because people didn't like it. And then we hear his terrifying. actual. You, you laugh. don't
0: think it's a little weird that she's on a date with you, but she positioned you next to the window.
2: Right. It's just very it's like, is this like the dumbest uh Considering Canadians educational system. Another reason why I didn't buy him as the prime minister. No, <laughs> kidding. Um, but it was just like, it was either. He really just does not understand politics and he's just a very awkward. What, that's the, it was one of the things that I didn't one. I just thought it was like an easy joke, which I don't usually like those. Um, I like the ones that make sense and are earned. And so it's one of those where it's like, all right, he's being creepy and weird and gross. So we can see the difference between, you know him and Seth Rogen.
0: Yeah, but I I just thought of another person who would have been really good as the who Prime Minister, Adam Scott.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ben Wyatt. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, he and he would have gotten the the charm and the creepiness. Like yeah, like, him I
2: him I would have believed.
0: Also, he's ageless and he's handsome as yes. hell. <laughs> yes,
2: he's one he's one of the ones that made the deal with the devil.
0: Yeah. Or Paul Rudd, too. Yeah. Paul Rudd would well, have been... Yeah, well,
2: any of those guys that don't age. Rob Rudd? I, I would have... Adam Scott, I would have believed more. Oh, yeah. Than Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul Rudd, I wouldn't have believed.
0: Because you would have been like, it's just Paul Rudd.
2: Yeah, Paul Rudd is too
0: too lovely. <laughs> but there, Paul Rudd. Just, I love Alexander Skarsgård, but... Oh, I love he, him, too. But comedies, he's not good in comedies. What comedies has he done? He's... he's he's done like guest appearances on like sitcoms and when he shows up it's like oh it, it's no he's not
2: he... I think maybe part of it was that it just felt in a movie that really feels like people are actually people are well written and like the story is believable his presence in the story is the only thing that is one of the things that really felt contrived
0: just all the I, I'm saying that all the scars guards should not be in comedy no <laughs> like his brother just did like a uh action comedy called Villains Bill Skarsgård Pennywise yeah. and like the biggest comment is like yeah he's not a comedian hmm. there's just something about it i i don't know why we're beating the stand force with his character it just it didn't it just
2: it just didn't it didn't feel like it fit yeah and like maybe that was part of the point but i don't think it did it in the right way
0: i just i have it i know who it would be who? hands down cuz he works with both Rogan and Jonathan Levine all the time. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh. Mm. I'm just saying.
2: I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I could see him doing that. Yeah. Adam Scott, when you said Adam Scott, that was Adam, like a Adam Scott's perfect. I could totally see Adam Scott doing it.
0: Or or if you want someone who would be just creepy all the way through, Michael Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> just so like terrifying like oh it's the prime minister <laughs> of yeah. canada yeah hey how's it going yeah
2: but it's just like i you know i wish if anything because there's so much of of like this social and political commentary i would have preferred something more of maybe um charlotte and Scarsgard having a moment of really Kind of, in a way just like sort of like this inside thing of like how they're putting up this front and like how their laughs and smiles and humor are poll tested and him try to make a,
0: him try to make an actual move instead of saying something really that's what
2: i mean like i'd ra- i would have exactly i would have much preferred instead of him being like weird and creepy about the whole mini bar thing and like trying to be all smooth about it Them kind of commiserating about the fact that they're in this world that is kind of restrictive and how they're held back, which also I think would have played off in the fact of where Charlotte ends up of kind of bucking all of that. Oh yeah. And and I think that would have been a nice juxtaposition of it if they had that kind of connection of that. And then he's like, you know, it would make more sense that he was maybe saying, Hey, why don't we spend more time together?
0: Yeah. Um, and or if he wasn't into her at all
2: right and they were literally and they both or right and they had this friendship of where they both completely understood what they were doing and why
0: like a cole porter situation what do you mean cole porter was gay but he married a woman and their agreement was i will keep your secret if you keep mine yeah so basically yeah
2: yeah um, which just would have made actually their entire relationship through the whole movie make a lot more sense, right? And that it wasn't like just that she was kind of playing him and he was being hopeful, and instead they were kind of in this thing together. And then again, it ma- it would have made more sense that at the end she's like, "I am sick of this," like, and like all the politicians were all in it together. We all understand the deal, and it's like, "No, I'm sick of playing that card, and I want to get rid of it."
0: Yeah, can I? Can I? go behind the scenes and and point out some stuff that you did watching the movie. Sure. Like, because I noticed as we were watching it, like, you were getting, like, bored, and then all of a sudden... I'm
2: also a little bit sick, so some of my boredom might have just been me really being tired.
0: I'm sorry, Mallory. Having Munchausen's is not being sick. Okay. Uh. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, no, but you were sick, and you've been a trooper, and thanks for doing this. (laughs) But at the same time, like... In the beginning your face was like shocked and then you started to get bored.
2: Well cuz it was a horror movie with Nazis and then he flies out a window and <laughs> rams himself into a car. He lives through that and now he has half a swastika on her arm. I mean on his arm. Like this was intense to start out.
0: Yes, but like then it started to get into the romance stuff. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, cuz even when they were listening to it must have been love and doing their little dance, you're yeah. like, oh, "Okay." But then when they go up to the the bedroom and she's like I want you to fuck me from behind oh and slap me on the ass your face was like er? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like okay this is not where I thought that this
0: was going and and just that scene itself is like the best example of how off the rails this movie can get because he's like he's like the, the voice of the audience then and he's like what? <laughs> like like, well, I also
2: she, love that and she's like okay well so we can we can fuck normally and then just turn me around slap me a little bit and then maybe just choke me a bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I I love that she doesn't get that he's he's not like thinking that you're bossing him around you just told him to do something very dirty and very graphic yeah and it's it blew his mind because yeah. he's probably only dreamt of something like
2: that yeah well it's also it's also an interesting point that she immediately starts apologizing for asking what she wants which is just like
0: uh, no you don't have to do that
2: (laughs) yeah she's immediately starting to apologize for being bossy and for you know
0: yeah but i will say i i was glad that they didn't do the rom-com trope that he had another girlfriend who Was not as beautiful as she. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. There was a
2: lot of the that traditional stuff that I was glad was not in here because it's that kind of stuff that I just I have a very hard time watching romantic comedies for because I'm like this is all just a lot of this just seems like bullshit and I don't believe it and I'm you know whatever. (laughs) Who cares?
0: No one cares. We all don't care. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. But like that's what I'm saying is that again the characters in this, particularly the two main characters, they seem like actual people, and you have these two very differently looking characters and you have, and it's a common trope in movies where you have the beautiful woman and the guy who's maybe not traditionally attractive or whatever. And it seems ridiculous, but again, they establish really early on, not one, I think it helps that they knew each other back in the day, but also that they do at their core have have values in common.
0: Exactly. And people, like genuine
2: values in common.
0: I also think the fact that that Seth Rogen is such a good guy in real life, and he does so much charity work. And him and his wife are trying to, like, solve Alzheimer's disease. Like, really? It, yeah. Like that's what hilarity for charity is. It's this okay. organization where they raise money for Alzheimer's research, mm-hmm. and he just does all these good things. And you know that going into his movies. So I think that's why he's one of the most likable. He's oh, I didn't know
2: that going into this, but uh,
0: but. <laughs> To me, he's like the stoner Tom Hanks. Yeah. Like, he's a nice guy. He's very polite. He'll hang out with you. Like, I I know several friends who have been at bars, and he's been like, hey, can I sit here? Yeah, <laughs> like, he
2: just seems like a really chill guy that you'd want to hang out with. Yeah. And that would be fine to hang out with you.
0: And the, I, th- I think that goes for Charlize Theron, too, because, like, everyone says, oh, yeah, I met her before, and, like, you know, we bought her a drink, and she hung out with us, and, like stole all the wings like
2: (laughs) yeah well that's the thing like like i think their relationship and how like they're you know how down to earth they are as people comes across on screen right and um you have this you have someone who's playing the secretary of state who's supposed to i think that's a i think that would be a very tough role for a lot of people to play right of being Someone who is who is high in the political echelon, who has really high political aspirations, playing someone who, you know, can dance kind of like a dork and and, you know, can connect with someone like Seth Rogen, like this journalist in this movie um, on a lot of levels, which I think I I'd have a hard time seeing other people do it as well as I think she did.
0: Well, that actually goes into what I was about to say next. I'm going to go through some names who were originally mentioned when this movie was first getting off the ground before. okay, And you tell me if you think they would have been able to do the role. Okay. Anne Hathaway.
2: I knew you were going to say that. I knew that that was going to be the first name you said. And I. Ha- but she was the
0: first person considered. Yeah.
2: And I, 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 while I think she's an incredibly talented actress, I
0: can't see her in this. Amy Adams. Okay. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I read it and I was like, no.
2: I, I don't see it either.
0: Jennifer Lawrence. No,
2: not. Absolutely not. No way. I don't buy her as a politician. This person,
0: when I read it, I was like, they're too young. But but she probably could have been able to do it. Emma Stone. Too young. Though. I agree. Way too young. Way too young. But like she has that energy. She.
2: She does. I feel like she could play... Both of those parts simultaneously where she's playing this kind of highbrow politician but also playing this down-to-earth person. But I agree. I don't think she'd work in this version
0: because she's too young. Charlize is just so perfect. She
2: is. I mean, she's also like a gazelle. Yeah.
0: And the (laughs) the last person was Brie Larson. But once again, too young. Yeah.
2: I think out of anyone on that list, I think the person I'd believe the most would be Brie Larson. Yeah. An older Brie Larson.
0: Yeah. Oh, Scarlett was also on there. Scarlett too. Johansson? Yeah, but she's eh. she's she's not funny the I don't think she could do the, the high on Molly stuff. Yeah,
2: I don't well that's the thing, is that that's why I'd but see, I think out of that list, like um Emma Stone would be the one of the best ones to do that kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Um and I feel like Brie Larson could do that really well as well.
0: I mean but, Rose Byrne is another person who could do it, but she oh, yeah. but she doesn't have the name power. Yeah. Which is sad because you need someone who is as famous as Seth Rogen in this role. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, when he quits his job, at at the newspaper. Yeah. Because I love Randall Park. Yeah. Lo- he's great in everything. Randall Park is so good in everything. Um, but I love how he's like, here, just let me fire you, and you can get unemployment and he's like no i want him to know that i quit and he's like he doesn't he's not know gonna who you kn- are yeah he's not gonna know
2: he has never read anything you've written he has no clue who you are
0: i will say for a rom-com this is one of the most realistic feeling fantasy films well <laughs>
2: that's it well i think part of it is that because like i think a lot of you see you've seen that in a lot of movies not just rom- rom-coms but just movies in general where like someone wants to storm in and quit and then what's great is that in this movie you've got the guy being like that's a terrible idea you need money like and he's even saying like why don't you quit with me he's like because i want to have a job like i want to make money
0: can i blow your mind sure so the uh sofa in in that scene i'm not a hundred in his shitty office he has a couch
2: okay i don't recall this sofa but go on
0: but i'm pretty sure that was (laughs) that was the same couch that we used in a film that we that I filmed when I was living in New York. When, really? I'm pretty that's sure that's hilarious. I'm pretty sure. It it's the the same uh uh couch that that one of my characters got drunk and passed out on. Like <laughs> like cause I was watching, I was like, is that I mean, they filmed this in Brooklyn, so is it? And like,
2: that's hilarious. Yeah. That's really funny.
0: Yeah. So um why don't we get down to the bagel business okay out of 13 bagels a perfect baker's dozen how many are you taking out to flaw the movie
2: with i'm gonna take out three.
0: Oh, oh you're giving it a 10
2: i'm gonna give it a 10 one i'm taking out because it's a romantic comedy okay and it just it gets a ding for that because as a genre i don't approve um Two, I, I think there were certain pacing things and certain, like, like I just, the prime minister of Canada, the whole thing, I just feel like his character could have been better. Right. Um, and yeah, I just feel like overall, I thought the movie was really funny. It was really good. There were just certain things that I thought could have been better. Um, so yeah, I feel like a 10 is a good 10. I feel good about that number.
0: I was originally going to give it a 10. Um, but I'm adding one back in for the use of, uh. Frank Ocean's Moon River cover.
2: Ooh, yeah.
0: We're um. all chasing after us. Chasing after us. All- cover is so it's good beautiful. and it told the entire scene perfectly yeah well, i
2: i was thinking that actually at the end of the movie of how well the music really played in this whole movie oh yeah it, it's a really it's really really well done well, the jo- song choices that they jonathan
0: chose. levine is really good as a director using music for storytelling did you see warm bodies no the zombie romeo and Juliet. no so there is a scene where the zombie is they're they're pretty woman and him up they're Mm -hmm. like making him look normal and they start by playing pretty woman as a joke and then they play midnight city by m83 like if you heard it you would know it okay Uh, you'll hear it later because i'm probably going to insert it right here Now do you know it? No. No, I do not. I do not. <laughs> um but yeah, so uh he's just really good with music and storytelling, but that scene made me add an extra bagel, the Moon River scene. Mm-hmm. It's also where we get to meet Adolf Stickler. <laughs> <laughs> Adop Stickler is but, so good. But but that that scene of them just like having sex for the first time in this version of Moon River, which is so dark and beautiful and it's like really kind of haunting. Yeah. is playing and then he goes out and the scene tone changes, but the song's still playing. Yeah. And Steven's like, morning, Mr. Florsky. And he's like, I'm rooting for you. And yeah. then them in the helicopter. Yeah. Well, that entire song is playing just made me add an extra bagel. Yeah. It's a, it's a really it's good, scene. such a great scene. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for doing this. I know you're not feeling well.
2: Well, my pleasure. Either <laughs> way.
0: I, I appreciate you coming down to do this. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Anything going on? <laughs>
2: um, not that I can think of. No, my life is very boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so thanks for doing this again. Uh, my pleasure. I love being here. We're going to continue uh, Romance Month with... Uh... Stella, stop. <laughs> we're going to continue Romance Month with another TV episode. Uh, I think Haley is going to come back and we're doing Sabrina... We're doing the lupinet lup, Lupercalia. lubricate, is tight. Thank you. <laughs> we're doing the weird sex hall, ah, uh, sex, sex Valentine's Day episode. What? Did you watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina?
2: Oh yes. Okay.
0: No, not the movie Sabrina. That's with, why I was
2: really confused. <laughs> what the hell you guys were talking about?
0: No, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes, that I have seen. The Lupercalia yes. episode. Yes, I have also seen that episode. Yes,
2: Keep but. Saying it. But just I was I was picturing the Audrey Hepburn movie and got real <laughs> confused as to what the hell you guys were <laughs> or, talking
0: about or the Harrison Ford version. Of-
2: right, I was just like, did I miss something in this movie? What no. is happening?
0: No, we're doing the chilling adventures of Sabrina, their Valentine's Day episode. Cool. So, yeah, you can uh, keep following us on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, and Twitter at wrtrbagelbskt. Or you can email us writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell it's called now, because they changed it. I know. Um, But until next time, Mallory, thanks again. Anytime. I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.
2: lils and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from Cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lil's and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found
0: movies are bombing all over the country they are posing as movies you already know they may be in your theaters your neighbor's home or even your own why are you doing that voice i don't know (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-host Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we
1: rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get
0: all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers,
1: even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion.
0: Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Kelly Reynolds, and I'm the host of Boobies and Newbies, the podcast that asks novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box. Join me for a new episode every Friday as we review romance novels with non romance readers. From the sweet, loving fairy tale romances of the Highlands, who cares uh, about up against the wall by the fruit <laughs> trees? Yes. Like, where's
0: the dragon? I'm inside the belly of a dragon.
1: To The Naughty Erotic Threesomes with Navy Seals.
0: Sex was a 10. I mean, you cannot get any better than this book. Come okay, on, you guys. good. Really.
1: We read it all. Check us out at Boobies Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Listen to previous episodes on any podcast streaming platform. You can also support Boobies and Newbies on Patreon.com for lots of bonus booby content and early episode releases.